Welcome to It's Just My Thoughts, the podcast. Welcome to another week of It's Just My Thoughts, the podcast. Uh, Thank you for tuning in today. So let's just jump in. So yesterday I was blessed to attend a beautiful wedding. Um, I've been a part of the Bethay family since I was 14 years old. And they took me in in times uh, where I didn't want to be home or, you know, kind of looking for an escape in a sense, even though I didn't really realize at the time that's what that was. And I spent a lot of my holidays and enjoyed a lot of their family events with them. And um, they were the, they were my first look at what a family looks like and what love looks like. And so it was great to share in that moment and space and reconnect. So my Saturday was showered with black love. So I wanted to send congrats to the Steele family on the beautiful wedding yesterday that I attended. Um, my black excellence of the week goes to uh, Serena Williams. Um, I really wanted and I actually thought that Serena would um, pull out the finals and win, but um, she didn't win. She came up short, but she played a great tournament um, and just fell short. But the legacy, though, is what I wanted to honor. And she gained her 102nd U.S. Open match win um, as far as total wins at the U.S. Open, which is unprecedented. And it's been an honor to watch Serena play all of these years. So, uh, you know, I think it's important when you are actually a witness of one of the greatest tennis players of all time. I've been watching Serena since she was a teenager, um, basically when I was a teenager, uh, first start. So I think I'm always going to be a Serena fan. So even though she lost the U.S. Open, I still wanted to celebrate her uh, this week for my black excellence. I also meant to mention um, last week that I finally made it to the movies and I went to see The Lion King and I didn't know what to expect going in because the feedback was so mixed and, you know, just looking on social media, like people were saying, oh, it was great. People were saying it was how bad it was or that it was just okay. But I thought the movie was so, 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 so good. First off, uh, Timon and Pumbaa were hilarious. And um, when uh, when they played um, Can You Feel the Love Tonight? I literally shed a thug tear there for a moment. So I really loved it. And um, for anyone that haven't seen it yet, it's definitely worth watching. I don't know how much longer it's going to be in a theater. I was surprised that I still caught it, but it was actually, um, it was still pretty, pretty packed uh, when I went to go see it. Um, And so when that comes out for a Blu-ray, it's definitely a movie that I would add to my collection because I thought it was really great. I thought the remake was really, really, really good. So let's move on to some entertainment news. Um, so this week, let's see what we had going on. The Wu-Tang Saga was added to Hulu. Um, I can't wait to start that. I plan to actually watch a lot of TV while I'm on vacation. This is my last week of work for this month, um, coming up. So I'll probably start that in a week or two. Um, some music news, uh, is that Nicki Minaj this week, I'm not sure if you guys saw, but she announced her retirement to focus on having a family. And, um, that was really confusing. Like even the announcement was kind of weird, honestly, when I was looking at it. And I guess what I didn't understand with the whole one to retire, which everybody has right to, you know, do whatever they want. But I guess I just didn't understand, like, why can't you do both? Because so many women in the industry, whether it's music or acting or whatever they're doing, they do both. Like they're a mom and a wife and, they still have their career and their job. And honestly, I think the last couple of years with Nikki has just been 
really odd. You know, I used to be a big Nicki Minaj fan, and then, like, I feel like the last couple of years, she's been just really attention-seeking. Like, I didn't recall her being like that at the beginning of her career, and now it's just, I don't know. So, yeah, okay, girl. So, Nicki is retiring, and when I was looking at it, you know, honestly, I just, you know, I just sipped my tea and pressed play on my Rhapsody CD because I didn't really think that it was that much that newsworthy it was kind of confusing to be completely honest I'm sure Nicki Minaj will be back everybody's been like oh my gosh she's retiring but I'm sure she'll be back because I don't I don't even really get it um so uh this week I'm excited because I've been waiting for I think a year and a half for the the sequel to the Hands May Tale book to come out and it's called The Testaments uh, I pre-ordered it. I'm going to get it on Tuesday and I can't wait. And if you watch the show or follow the show or if you read the book, um, I, I know I've talked about the book, I think, on here before, but um, the book was actually really good, the original. And what's crazy is, I guess why this is so like such a big deal. The book, I think, was written in like 1984 or 85, something like that. So it's been many, many, many years that people have been waiting for the sequel. And the sequel is actually 15 years later after the so basically if you watch the show it's 15 years after season one so it's not even what you see on the season three that we just watched it's like way it's like way past that so it's going to be interesting to see what all is going on in the world of Gilead and how things are and if it's even more crazier than what it is now so I'm really really excited about that book and so that's my really pretty much my my news for the week but um, my thought of the week, um, this week, uh, I've been having a lot of conversations in regards to just, uh, toxic relationships. I've actually had some instances in my life where I've just had kind of been on mental overload, mental overload just with people. Um, so my, that led me to my thought of the week, which is, can you recognize if you have toxic relationships in your life and what to do in regards to it? Um, so I know for me, I think in my life, um, I've definitely had toxic relationships and they can come in all forms. I think a lot of times when people say a toxic relationship, they only think about like a love relationship, but you can have it in forms of your friends, families, um, or love relationships. I think, um, for me, I didn't really start really re- fully recognizing toxic relationships until, um, I started really talking about it in therapy. But I know that um, when I started kind of going through like my own like just maturation process where I was just kind of growing up and just realizing like I don't want to be around, you know, I don't want to be around these people or that people because I'm different. Um, It's when I kind of started like not being certain people friends or not hanging out with certain people just because their lifestyle didn't really mimic my lifestyle at the time or anymore. And so for me, I kind of had grew out of the situation. But I think in essence, when I kind of think about it now, I think that was me taking the first steps at removing maybe some toxic relationships because they didn't just didn't really fit into what my values were anymore, you know. Um, So I did that early on in my 20s. But uh, more recently, when I started really focusing on, you know, my self-care, I started really realizing that, um, you know, that I had some toxic relationships, you know, in my life that I needed to, uh, you know, really get a handle on. And so, um, 
I went on, I was on psychcentral.com and they actually had a, had an article in regards to toxic relationships that I'm going to kind of go over. Um, and it's actually talking about how to kind of recognize well, some ways to kind of recognize if, you know, you have a toxic relationship, but it also spoke of like, you know, how to kind of end those toxic relationships. But I think sometimes also just something to consider that, especially with family. And I think family is like the hardest ones to kind of cut toxic relationships. Um, I think sometimes it just depends on like the level of the relationship. Like, you know, I have some family members right now that like, you know, if I see them, you know, see them at the cookout or see them wherever, you know, obviously I talk to them and all those things, but we don't have like a deep relationship with each other because, you know, um, family or not, like they just weren't, they just aren't good for me in, in my space or in my life really. And I'll, and at the same time, like I think their lifestyle and their life and the things they do, I don't really agree. And so, you know, they're not really somebody that I would, you know, talk to. And if they weren't family, I probably would never be in that space with them at all. So, um, I kind of just put up boundaries with people. So I didn't necessarily like completely cut them out of my life per se, where I just would never speak to you again. It's just more so like, you know, I just deal with you in dosages, I guess. And then some of the other ones, you know, maybe more delicate relationships, you know, I kind of have tried to, which I'm still working on. I've tried to just kind of like put up boundaries and it started with like slow boundaries. Like, you know, I was going to stop giving, like maybe I was going to stop with the financial piece, you know, or, you know, speak my truth more in regards to how exactly they're making me feel so that, you know, because maybe sometimes people don't really realize like what they might be doing to you. And I never really had spoken in regards to how they were making me feel either. So I didn't think it was fair to be like, oh, I'm never going to talk to you again. You know, because sometimes people, I think people don't always realize that they're toxic. And some people are just toxic in general where um, I feel like they're just tragic. And they just don't, sometimes people are just in their shit and they don't really realize. And then, you know, where they can just be kind of toxic to your life or draining to your life. And so that's might be somebody that you might need to fall back from or, uh, you know, evaluate the relationship and for me, like, that's what I still kind of work on, um, you know, work through my head through therapy. It's just kind of like, you know, is this, should this person be in my life? Should this person not be in my life? And how does this person bring value to my life? Um, I know I say this to my friends and my family like, all the time, like, especially when it comes to like friends, I'm like, you know, when you're stressed out or you're all over the place in regards to this person, sometimes I think you need to fall back and think like, what is the positive this person is bringing into my life, you know, and then think about the negative that that person is bringing into your life and how are those, you know, do they outweigh in either way? And then if it's little things that maybe you can correct to where it's maybe it's not a lot, not that much negative, then maybe you can fix it. But if the negative is outweighing the positive, then maybe you need to think about the relationship. And that's kind of how, for me, I kind of function in um, my relationships. So I found this article and I'm also going to post the link to, um, but I found it from psychcentral.com. And uh, so it basically, the name of the article is You Deplete Me, and it's 10 Steps to End a Toxic Relationship. So the article's kind of going on, it's talking about just kind of identifiers for um, a toxic relationship. In one part, it says a relationship doesn't have to be romantic to fall into the toxic category. Many friendships, mother, daughter, boss, employee, or waiter, or eater relationships qualify. If someone is bringing you down consistently, 
chances are that your relationship with him is toxic. And so they basically had 10 steps to follow. Um, and it says basically steps towards you starting to complete yourself. So step one was, well, actually, let me start. I'm going to start at 10. So on step 10, it says, allow some rest. So it says that, um, basically it advises a person who has just broken off a toxic relationship, like to kind of like allow themselves to, um, just relax and be around people that's supportive and just endure the withdrawal basically that you get that comes from cutting off a toxic relationship. And, and honestly, even so say this is like a relationship type thing. I always tell people like after you break up with somebody in general, the best thing that you can do for yourself is not jump into another relationship. Like you need to give yourself time to get your shit together. I I never understand how people can be in relationships for five, six, 10 years. And then the next month they're in a relationship with somebody else because, you know, you have to give yourself time to, you know, rebuild yourself and actually, and also relearn yourself for who you are at the present moment because you had just been this person that was with somebody else. So you were a couple and now you're single. And so you need to know who you are as a single person. So give yourself time, however long that may be to just be, you know, and relearn yourself and spend time with yourself and have self care. So I always, you know, give that advice, but step number nine was repeat affirmations. So basically like if you're, you know, um, you know, when you're in a negative space, um, it's easy for you just to fall into, um, you know, a funk or a depression. And so, you know, I think in general, even if you, even if it's not you trying to break out of, or you breaking out of a toxic relationship, like affirmations are just good to just keep positivity, you know, and uplift yourself. And so times that you're feeling down about, you know, or somebody's making you feel down, you have to keep that positivity in and give yourself affirmations on how to uplift yourself. So instead of saying, you know, I'm just unloved, you know, you have to change the narrative and say, you know, I am loved and I am amazing and I can, and I can love, you know? So number eight was heal the shame. And so that basically means that sometimes I think people stay in relationships because they're too embarrassed to, uh, to end the relationship and then you have to speak to everyone in regards to like what happened and why are you ending it and I I know for me um you know even in my last relationship like you know it wasn't necessarily a toxic situation but it was a draining situation but when this but when the relationship ended you know that was I think the ending was the hardest part because it was like you know I had to sit and say you know, well, this didn't work. Then you have the why, you know, why didn't it work? What happened? And, you know, especially hard when you don't really know necessarily what happened. And so you just kind of like, I don't really know, but they didn't want to be with me anymore, basically. Um, and so, uh, I think sometimes people stay in situations longer because they don't want to really deal with, um, kind of the aftermath of that. And that can honestly be for family too, because, I've, I've had personal situations, you know, even present day in my life with family members where, you know, um, 
they're kind of just all over the place and you know you have people asking you like well what's going on and then it's like now it's even more delicate because your family so you don't really want to speak too much on it um because it's your family so it's like you know you kind of and for me I was raised where it's like family stuff kind of stay in home you know where you don't really be on the street talking about your family members whether they're tragic or not you know it's still your family and so um, those can be hard, like healing the shame of that because you're embarrassed by it. And especially when it's, it's a crazy situation, like you're embarrassed by it ultimately. So number seven was bribe yourself. Um, so it says, um, basically when you're trying to free yourself from a toxic relationship, the first steps could be just rewarding yourself at various stages. And so those stages could be where, you know, maybe you're with somebody that you probably shouldn't be with and but maybe they have a hold on you somehow so you might go say force yourself to go a week without talking to the person and then you know it's basically saying like you know allow yourself um you know a reward so you take yourself out or you do something nice for yourself to where it motivates you to keep it going until you can you can finally free yourself um of that relationship so number six was um drop a note to yourself. And so this is kind of in lines of like journaling where, um, you kind of can write memos to yourself in regards to how you feel in certain moments, especially when it's moments of sadness, or like you might be a little fragile from that toxic relationship or something that you might could come back to later to read about, like, you know, how you felt in that space. A lot of times I think that can help you kind of identify where your mind was in that space. Um, I know for me, like when I've gone back and read, like I have some notes that I wrote to myself years ago, maybe like five years ago, like thoughts that I felt or feelings that I felt. And um, and that actually helped me in therapy because um, sometimes like when you're unpacking all your shit in therapy and you're there for like an hour, an hour and 15 minutes, you can't think of all the stuff that you've had going on. And so uh, sometimes when you, when you go back and you reread some of the stuff that you might've wrote in your journal said, um, that made you feel away. Sometimes that gives me kind of material to go over because I want to know, I wanted to know like why during that time was maybe I feeling that way, or is this stemming from something that I might've experienced in my childhood or is this stemming from something else? And so it's helped me kind of dig a little deeper. Cause I don't always like, you know, I think sometimes we're, People are always like, well, I feel fine. Like, I don't need therapy. And it's not really that you necessarily need it. But I think sometimes we don't always realize that you might have days where you're thinking things, and but you, you know, you forget about it. And then you just go on with your day, you know, but um, you kind of don't really acknowledge those emotions. So I think sometimes like journaling or writing memos or anything, you know, can be that. And also um, just you can write nice memos to yourself and that's another way to just kind of look back and you know use that as affirmation as well so that's something to think about so number five was surround yourself with positive friends um I think this one this probably for me I feel like should have been number one um and I say that because um I know when um when I was in a really negative place, um, in my life, like just kind of like in my funk and kind of like in my depression a little bit, um, I have a tendency to kind of go, um, kind of in a recluse kind of state where I'm just to myself and I kind of don't really talk to anybody. And I am just, you know, you know, just kind of in my shit, but, 
Um, I also in the past have had situations where, um, and that's probably why I'm, I'm probably, I think what I'm about to say probably speaks to why now, like when I have had moments like, you know, now that I'm older where I don't necessarily feel right. I kind of like stick to myself because I don't want to make like dumb decisions or surround myself with people that probably shouldn't be there. But because I'm not thinking straight, they're in my life because that definitely happened to me. Like right after I got out of my last relationship, you know, I kind of was hanging out with people that I shouldn't have been. And, you know, when I look back on it, like I would never be these people friends like ever. I would never have allowed them in my space ever. But at that time, like I did and it wasn't good. You know, because when you're when you're already thinking negatively and then you're around negative people, then the only thing you're going to get out of the situation is negativity, you know. So if you want to be, you know, positive, you know, you should be around people that's uplifting you instead of, you know, in, intensifying the crazy. You know, that's what I call it. And um, for me, I had to do a lot of cleanup. And so now, like, you know, when I go out. And, um, you know, either randomly having a dinner with my sorority sisters or some of my friends and all that, um, it's always love. Like it's always love. And it's always just like dope shit that we're talking about, whether it's somebody's talking about doing this business venture or they're talking about work or they're talking about this, like it's never just negative conversations. It's never just, you know, stupid stuff, you know? And honestly, like, since I have been, um, putting more positivity in my life. I've actually seen more increase in my life and I've seen more upliftment in my life, but I've also, it's also has pushed me to do things such as, you know, me having this podcast and talking to you today, because, you know, if you would ask me, you know, even five years ago, I would have been like, Oh yeah, I would never thought that I would be, you know, looking forward to coming and talking to you every week on this podcast and being as transparent as I am, because it's almost like therapy for me, but it's good for me you know, just to share some of the stuff that I do, um, you know, every week. So I definitely, I, I tell everybody that, and I tell my kid that all the time, like, you know, if you want to get to certain places in life and you over here, you know, and this person is on some bullshit, like you probably going to be on bullshit too. It's only so, so strong that you can be, you know, like I'm in a faithful committed relationship. You know, I can't be around people who, cheat and you know still out in the club acting crazy and everything else because it doesn't matter how strong that you are you cannot be around people that are on some bullshit because then that starts seeping into you know your situation it's almost like too when you think about it when you hear people say like um when you're married you shouldn't hang out with like single friends it's kind of like that like not saying like all your friends you need to get rid of but it's saying like you know if you're married you know, why are you leaving your spouse to go to the club? You know, like, why are you doing that every day? Well, not every day, like every week, you know, you, you have a wife at home or a husband at home, you know, whoever. And so it's kind of like that. Like, you know, you don't want those negative energies or even people tendencies to seep into your situation. So that's actually a really good point. And I always, and I'm a true believer of surrounding yourself with positive people, like-minded people and people that actually have something going on for themselves because you can't be around people that just has, um, they don't share the same core values as you. So it, it just, it doesn't work. So, so the fourth one was, um, fill the hole. So basically it's saying that, um, 
the stuff that basically in your relationship that you were looking for the other person to fill the hole with, then you need to be the one to kind of fill in those holes for yourself. Um, I know for me, one of the things that I learned from love, you know, well, self-love, you know, that I think that I definitely lacked was that, you know, I, I honestly felt like, you know, when I was in a relationship, like if I did all of these things, you know, all of my happiness would come from this person, you know, and not saying like, obviously you should have happiness with the person that, you know, that you're with, but you know, you also should be able to give yourself happiness. Like I talk about self-care, self-love, self-happiness all the time, because I think it's important, even if you're married or whatever, it's important for you to do something for you to give yourself happiness, whatever that is. Like for me, I find joy in running. You know, I find joy in reading books. I find joy in, you know, popping on a video game every now and then, you know, and, and that, and I, and I find joy in cooking. I love to cook. And so that gives me joy. And so I make, I make time for that. And so if basically it's saying that like, if you, if you were relying on those things from the other person, well, it's saying that you don't, you know, remind yourself, you don't have to hold on to that person for that, you know, you can fill in those holes with either it could be a friendship or, but it should just be you filling in that gap for yourself. That's what I think. Because I mean, at the end of the day, you're, you're all you got and a relationship should be an extension of you. It shouldn't be all of you. And, you know, and, and that's not where anybody, you know, wrote that, like, that's just my personal opinion on, on relationships. I think that, um, a lot of times that's where people make mistakes in relationship because they come into relationships broken and, and, and unwhole. And I think that you need to make yourself whole, um, minus the other person. And then that person just, you know, adds value and gives you joy and stuff like that in your life. But they shouldn't be the end all be all as far as like, you know, you're happy. Um, so point three was identify the perks. Um, so basically is saying that when you're trying to identify your, uh, relationships, your toxic relationships is saying that you should, um, identify what's the perks in it. So basically saying like, what's the positives in it? And, um, and most times you're probably not going to find many positives. And so when you start realizing, you know, what's the positives, what what's the positive, what's not the positives. And then you have to start figuring out like, you know, um, well, if this is not for a betterment or if this is not for that, then, you know, what am I doing? Or, you know, this relationship is bringing me guilt or stress or draining me. And, you know, okay, so if I didn't have these things, so what would my life be if I didn't? And that's what it's mean, like identifying the perks of of removing the toxic relationship. Because I mean, you know, you're probably limiting yourself by, um, by, you know, dealing with it. So, uh, point two was keep a log of emotions. And that kind of goes back to um, kind of the same thing as I said about journaling, um, writing down your feelings, talking about it. But I would definitely say journaling because I personally think my biggest mistakes that I've made, I think, uh, as far as communication has been who who I've allowed in my space and who I've allowed myself to be vulnerable with. Like now, like I pretty much... Um, you know, obviously I talk to people and stuff like that, but I feel like some, some things I don't talk about, um, 
with other people. Um, I kind of just leave that to my therapist, like me and my therapist or I'm in couple therapy or something like that. And so like when it comes to like my relationship, like I don't just call people up and, you know, talk about, um, you know, super personal stuff in regards to my relationship, because I just think, you know, some people might not want you together or they, or they might not give you the best advice. And see in the past, like I used to sit and listen to people and be like, Oh girl, you right. Oh, Oh, Oh. And you know, your friends can hype you up and have you just on something completely different that, you know, it might not even necessarily be the case, or they could just be, you know, unhappy in their relationship. And now they're, they're putting, you know, all this stuff in your mind in regards to your relationship, and it might not be that bad. And so for me, like, I just don't really talk much in regards to stuff that like, um, really bother me unless I'm talking to like my therapist, just to be completely honest, because I think you should be careful with who you put in your personal space and who you're vulnerable with, because everybody doesn't really have your best intentions in mind. And so sometimes I don't always know if, you know, this person has my best intentions in mind. Like now I pretty much know, but I think in the past, I didn't always know if the person had best intentions. And, um, so I try not to, you know, um, be too personal with certain people unless I truly, truly trust you. And I know that like, you know, um, you know, you're like my praying worshiping friend or something like that, like where we're really going to sit and have a real conversation and not like a negative conversation towards, you know, um, my relationship or where I'm talking about, but like a conversation where it's like, you know, they're actually hearing you and not like, you know, some kind of other situation. But I just, for me, I just feel like, um, yeah, I just think you have to be careful with who you allow in your personal space and your vulnerable space. So, so the step one was, step out of denial. And basically it's just saying that, um, it's basically, you know, it's basically saying that like, you know, you should ask yourself, um, a few questions like, and some of the questions are kind of like, you know, do I feel energized or drained after I spend an hour with X? Do I want to spend time with X or do I feel like I have to, do I feel sorry for X? Do I go to X looking for a response that I never get? Um, so it's like stuff like that. And I think, you, I think you can honestly find probably online cause you can find everything online, a toxic relationship questionnaire, like kind of where you, you know, kind of go over, you know, identifiers. If maybe you could be in a situation that might be causing you some kind of stress or draining or, you know, anything like that in your life. So for me, um, uh, I've never taken a questionnaire, but I know that, um, I think, even in, I think before I even went to therapy, I think I sat down with, you know, um, when I would think about like people that I had in my life and just kind of, uh, you know, kind of inventory, you know, people who I felt were my friends or weren't my friends and why did I feel that way? And so, um, that was pretty much the, uh, it for the article, but I'm also going to post this link. So, um, you can look and see, um, uh, if there's something that, you might want to read over and look for yourself. But what I thought was important for me today, just because, um, a lot of times that we, we don't realize that it's not that we're, that we're, I basically what I want to say is like, we don't always realize that we're just not always good to ourselves. And, um, I think that's pretty much have been like my narrative, like every week where I'm just kind of like talking about like, you know, taking care of yourself. You know, if you feel you know, uneasy or you, or you want to have somebody talk to like, you know, seek therapy, you know, where you can actually have a safe space 
sometimes like to be completely honest like I go to therapy sometimes just to release like just stuff that I have on my mind that like you know I know that if I told the person I probably would completely hurt their feelings and that's not what I want to do but I have to say this before I scream because that's how much they've gotten on my nerves and so you know I find relief in that and that's why I enjoy it so much because you know I don't want to be a person that like just blow up you know and I and I was that person in the past where I will like let stuff build on let stuff build on let stuff build on to where like you know I'm just mentally and emotionally drained and then now like you know I've just probably cussed you out and it's and you know or said things in a way that was just very you know not nice and not because I intentionally was trying to be you know unnice it's just that's that's how it all came out just due to a build-up of not communicating properly on my end you know or allowing that space so when I first started um my individual therapy that was the first I think one of the first or second conversations that we had was what are these negative things that's in my life and how can I create boundaries for them um it wasn't really any that I had to necessarily remove it was more so just relationships that I needed to create boundaries with and that's what I'm trying to get you to see like if it's not like a crazy crazy scenario crazy situation you might create boundaries and it's small stuff like you know I had to identify like what bothered me with that relationship why was that relationship draining you know if I cut these things out could that relationship be less draining so would that be something that's savable or is that something that you know you just need to completely release yourself from so a lot of those things I had to like really sit down and really write it out and really think about and I still have those conversations and I still think about these things um all the time because you know as I'm getting older you know stress and shit like that you don't want all that stuff like just you know on your plate you know you want to be um you know, you want to be light, you want to be free, but we all want to live and we all want to have a good life. And so if you have something where you feel like that, you know, you have people that you need to free yourself from, you know, don't be, don't be afraid. And even though I know it can be a daunting thing and just, um, you know, get rid of the toxic relationships. So, you know, ultimately you can have a better and happy and happier life. Um, let's see. So I told you that, uh, I'm going to be on vacation soon. So um, I have a few big things coming up as far as like what we have to look forward to. I know I've been talking so much about, you know, getting these interviews together. So I have that going on. Um, probably will do a bonus episode. I'm not really sure. But um, but yeah, that's about it. I'm, I'm really looking forward to um, going on vacation, have two weeks off. So I'm definitely going to have some self-care. So you guys going to hear about all the things that I'm doing during that time because I'll still be um, recording while I'm off work and um but yeah but i appreciate all the feedback every week um don't forget to look for me on my social media outlets you have my twitter which is ijmt podcast and my instagram which is um it's just my thoughts underscore podcast on instagram but um i'm always free to talk i'm always open to talk i appreciate all the feedback um and all the questions sometimes that uh come from it or conversations Um, So I look forward to speaking to you again next week. And I thank you so much for tuning in this week. And Smika here and I appreciate you.